Live by Live has all of your favorite music, and you can listen for free. Whether you hit play on one of our hundreds of curated music stations or create your own custom artist radio station, you'll find the music you love on Live by Live. Visit LiveXLive.com or search LiveXLive in the App Store or Google Play and listen for free now. Contracts. Salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. I am the aforementioned Andrew Brandt. This podcast, as you know, is presented by BetOnline.ag. That's your online sportsbook experts. They're the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, of which this podcast is part of. Use that promo code Podcast One. You get that fifty percent sign-up bonus as soon as you sign up. Podcast One, BetOnline.ag. First, a quick rant about. My news from last week, just to give some clarification, because I got a lot of questions, including from some of my other employers, uh, and then we'll get to my rant for the podcast, which is really about the difference between the NBA and the NFL and contracts and cap and how teams are more and more willing to really go to the nth degree to be good in basketball than compared to football, and I'll explain everything I mean, and sort of go through some debunking some myths about NFL contracts that people have. Get to that in a second. First, a note, as I talked on the podcast last week, I had some news. I added another job. It's one that I'm happy to report that I'm joining forces with Vayner Sports and the well-known serial entrepreneur, go get it, Gary V. Uh, Gary V, of course, most of you know, I think, is someone who's out there extremely active in social media, extremely active in speaking engagements, and basically telling people to stop blaming your loser high school friends, stop blaming this, stop being blamed, just go do it. And his advice, his sort of speaking resonated with me, got to learn about him, got to know him a little bit, and then got introduced to Vayner through the son of someone I was very close to in the business of sports named Eugene Parker, probably my favorite agent to deal with in my many years with the Packers. And of course, I knew him as an agent as well. Eugene Parker, the great agent, represented players such as Deion Sanders and Curtis Martin and Rod Woodson and uh, more recently players like Steven Jackson, Larry Fitzgerald, Greg Jennings. Some of the best contracts out there that I've seen have all come from Eugene Parker's work. And Eugene's son, Brandon, was joining and is part of Vayner Sports. He connected me. And again, as I said last week, what happened was I've been approached over the years by sports agencies, come be a voice, come give us some gravitas, give us some credibility. We haven't done a lot of big contracts. We haven't been involved in the business. And I would always say no. But this was different. You know, this was something where I looked at it and I said, well, selfishly, Gary V's brand, I can work with that. I want to do more speaking, not just academic speaking, which I do a lot of at universities, law schools, but corporate entrepreneurial gatherings, meet some entrepreneurs, sit down with Gary, do speeches on my own, do speeches with Gary. And basically, we worked out a deal and it was too good to pass up. But just to clear up, some people keep asking this, this is not my full-time job. They're not asking for a full-time job. My day job is still running the sports law program, the Morad Sports Law Center at Villanova University. 
and of course doing all my other media gigs, which include this podcast and my column for Sports Illustrated's MMQB. Uh, that will not go away, of course. So none of it's going away. And I had even colleagues at Villanova saying, oh my God, are we going to lose you? I'm like, no, 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 no. This is an add-on to what I do on the academic side. And big picture, when I left the Packers, now 10 years ago, it's been a decade, I really wanted to do something else with my life. And I looked at it, again, trying not to be too sort of toot my horn about this. Really, it's just a way to give back. I thought two things. I thought there was a void in media. Uh, and I thought there was a void in academia. And they're both really the same thing. Both in media and academia, it seemed like it lacked experienced voices with unique insights on what really happens on business and legal issues in sports. Didn't see it in media. What we saw in media at the time was, yeah, you had some former scouts talk about players. You had some former coaches talk about schemes. You had officials talking about things. But no one kind of inside the game or the people that did were really just kind of, you know, soft selling it because they want to get jobs back in the NFL. And I dealt with this. When I started a website, when I first left, I'd hire people that were just recently fired from the NFL and what they wrote or what they said, it was like a resume. Like, this is so great. I'm like, come on. Say what you really want to say. They, we can. I don't want to get fired. I, I want to get another job. I want to get back in. I never wanted to get back in, ever. So I went back to the Eagles because I moved to Philly, and Joe Banner brought me in to help out when Howie Roseman was moving from the cap side to the personnel side. I did contracts for him, like Jason Peters' big deal, like some other deals, LaShawn, Deshaun. But – you know, that's not what I wanted. And what I really wanted to do and hope I have over the last 10 years is really give back. You know, I'm not, I give back with what I have. I don't, I'm not going to cure cancer. I'm not going to cure disease. I'm not going to build schools. I'm not someone that's going to be out there uh, helping impoverished neighborhoods with whatever I, you know, with, with financing. Well, what I can do is give back. Give back the knowledge, insights, perspectives, experiences that I had. Give them back to listeners. Give them back to readers. Give them back to viewers. And give them back to students. And I look at the Vayner thing as another way. I know it's, you know, I'm going to be kind of helping out the agent side and all of that. But I look at it as a way to give back. So I really look at my life now with as many gigs as I have. And, of course, the most important gig, as I said on Father's Day, is my a father to my two sons that I'm so proud of, I just think the world of my, my boys, is really to give back. And that's what Vayner allows me to do. Hopefully I'll be involved in some high-level stuff on how to help the player side, which is I'm talking about in this podcast. And then hopefully I'll be involved in the speaking side, where I can give not only students, not only academics, but business people, law, lawyers, people out there, just like Gary gives advice, I can give advice on the business side too from my now 30 years of experience with a decade each as agent, as team executive, and now a decade in media and academia. So that's why a little more context on why I moved to Vayner Sports, just to give everyone that. I think it's something that I needed to expound on with so many questions about am I leaving this job and leaving that job? I'm not leaving any job. I'm adding on Vayner Sports. I'll be used by them when needed. 
and I'll be speaking. I have a speaking engagement coming up in mid-July, Columbus, Ohio. I'll tell you more about that. And then more to come. So we'll see what happens. But I'm excited about it. Joining forces with the eminent Gary V and his brother AJ, great guy who's running the sports side. Okay. The rant of the week, the rant for this podcast, you know, we'll kind of veer off and, and back from NFL to NBA. And I say this because, listen, the NBA season has just ended. It ended with sort of a dramatic, dramatic way that the Toronto Raptors became champions and a dramatic way that the Golden State loses two of their three best players in ways that are just extraordinary. And both of them, oh my God, both of them approaching free agency. It just seems to me that Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson were days away from going into free agency unfettered, right? And when I say unfettered, there's no injury lingering to them. And time will tell if that changes things on the financial side. Now, on the physical side, can Clay Thompson come back from an ACL? I guess, sure. Jump shooter? You know, is he going to be 100% of what he was? That's probably hard to say. Kevin Durant from an Achilles? Ah, will that take more than a year to be the same player? Will he ever be the same player? These are all the questions to ask. So will it affect them physically and player-wise? Maybe. The question from my end, of course, is will it affect them business-wise? And it seems like from statements, no. Now, I'm just sort of going off Steve Kerr and Bob Myers and the Golden State. They will, it seems, offer maximum value to both players for what it will amount to redshirt years. So think about that. If you're signing a player five years, I don't know, $200 million, you're really paying them four years, $200 million, and $50 million a year for their actual play assuming they don't get injured again. So this is interesting. We'll see if that comes to fruition. I hope it was not done out of the heat of the moment and the emotion of the moment. But we'll see. The question being banded about in the media is, will other teams like the Knicks with Durant offer those same maximums now that those players are hurt? We'll see what happens. You would hope they don't take any pen- penal- penalty excuse me, financially for what they did playing through those situations, especially Durant, which continues to be a mystery. Uh, not only that, not that he came, how was he, how was he able to play in game five, but not able to play three days earlier? I mean, what's the cutoff and why did he play so much early in the game? I mean, these are questions you can sort of Monday morning quarterback, or what's the phrase Monday morning rebound, uh, forever. So it just seems to me an interesting case. On the other side, Toronto went all in for Kawhi Leonard. At the time, who said that? Who's Oh, he's going to bring up a championship. But boy, did they look good for that. And now we wait to see if Kawhi will stay or go. He will affect the entire lot of this franchise. He stays. They're favored again. He leaves. They're looking at maybe a lottery team. No, I wouldn't say that. They're probably looking at low seed in the East. And, of course, it affects Philadelphia, it affects Boston, it affects Milwaukee, so many teams, so many. Kawhi Leonard's decision will have so many ripple effects. But here's what I want to talk about. After we sort of get the finals and we rest, and to me, as I always say, now the interesting part comes, the business of basketball. And let's compare it to the business of football. In a span of a week, NBA free agency will open, and then it's all about these stars picking places, musical chairs, who's going to get who. 
And all these guys were talking about Kawhi and Kyrie and, again, Thompson and Durant. And we've got Kemba Walker out there. You've got Jimmy Butler out there. You've got Tobias Harris out there. You've got J.J. Redick. You've got um, you know, Malcolm Brogdon's a restricted free agent. You know, to me, these are all questions where you're talking about – here's the different discussion. In basketball, it's like can this team fit them in? Can this team take on that deal? What about expirings, meaning like contracts like a, like a Kyle Lowry or others that, well, it's an expiring, so you get cap credit the next year, so it's an advantage to have an expiring contract? Or what about trading away the rights to some kind? Con- I didn't even talked about Anthony Davis coming to L.A., and you can have two maxes there, but can they get another max? Can they get Kemba Walker? Fill in around them with these mid-level exceptions and double exceptions? But basically, everything in the NBA seems to be around giving the guy the max you can give him and fitting him in. Here's the difference in the NFL. The NFL, everyone says, well, NBA is a soft cap. You can go over the cap. Listen, the NFL has a softer cap, okay? A softer cap than the NBA. That's where the the debunking of this myth. The NFL has ways to go over the cap and no tax, the NBA has ways to go over to the cap and a tax, meaning that if you go over the cap, you know, if you go over a certain um, way over the cap with cash, you have to pay a tax, pay a luxury tax. There's no luxury tax in the NFL. So my point is the NFL has more ability to go over the cap through prorations of signing bonuses than the NBA really has because the NBA has ability to go over the cap with these exceptions, but it's a soft cap, but there's a tax. The NFL, if the cap is 180 and a team spends 250 based on their signing bonuses, there's no tax. And what, how? let me explain again how an NFL team can go over a cap. Take a player like, uh, who got a huge signing bonus this year? Well, uh, the quarterbacks, of course. Uh, I'm trying to think of the one before Carson Wentz. Who... The, uh, the quarterback contracts always get these huge bumps. So we talk about even Carson Wentz, or stick to Carson Wentz, whatever he got. Say he got a $30 million bonus, and they prorated over five years. Or six years, because he got a four years, four new years, six-year extension. So say he got a $30 million bonus over six years. Well, you can only prorate five. So you prorate five, it's $6 million a year proration. Say his salary... This year is $2 million. So on a cap level, he's making $8 million. What goes into the cap is $6 million proration and $2 million salary. That's $8 million for Carson Wentz. Okay? On a cash basis, he's making $30 million bonus. Even if it's deferred, it's counted all as cash year one. So $30 million plus $2 million, that's a $32 million cap. Cash, sorry. So 32 cash, 8 cap, that's 24 cash over cap. Think about that. This is how teams go over the cap in the NFL. You got a player like Carson Wentz making 32 million cash on an 8 million cap. And everyone says, well, can you pay your quarterback? And we'll get to that in a minute. That's, that's horse bleep that people say you can't pay big quarterback money and keep a good team. That's ridiculous. But anyway, this is how you can do it in the NFL. So what I'm saying is NFL is completely able to do what basketball is, and more able to do so. 
Because in the NFL, you can go over the cap through prorated bonus and you have no tax. In the NBA, you can go over the cap through exceptions and bird rights and and expiring contracts, but you pay tax. So in the NBA, everybody's just trying to maneuver to get these stars. In the NFL, who's maneuvering to get stars? Nobody. The maneuvering that goes on in the NFL is to get your own players. That's not hard. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. So I just think it's really, you know, it's really something where it's, it's just a completely different neighborhood. In the NFL, the reason we don't have any of these exciting hot stove leagues like we're going to have in basketball with an extraordinary group of free agents in early July is the NFL, they never get to free agency, ever. I was there 10 years in Green Bay. What was my charge? Don't let our stars get to free agency. Go to them early. Give them enough of a deal. They don't go to free agency. They don't even sniff it. Brett Favre, don't even let them sniff it. Two years left. That's the max you're going to allow them to have before you go to a new contract. Aaron Rodgers just did a new deal last year. Of course they weren't going to let him go to free agency. Get a sniff of free agency the leverage would have only gone up for Rodgers, whether he got hurt or not. And they got it done. And they avoided all that BS about adjustable contracts and percentage of the cap and no franchise tag and all that. They got it done. Carson Wentz, they got it done. Dak Prescott, they'll get it done. Jared Goff, they'll get it done. They're all done. The only guy in recent memory, there's two, to hit free agency in a marquee position like that was Kirk Cousins, only because Washington really didn't want him. If they had given him a decent offer, he would have signed. He never got to free agency, but they never did. They didn't love him. And, of course, Peyton Manning coming off three neck surgeries, who had 11 teams in bidding. Maybe three or four were serious. So this is what happens in the NFL. In the NBA, (laughs) why would a star take a contract? Because, I mean, again, you go to, like, Carson Wentz just got a deal. The Eagles went to him with two years left. Gave him whatever, a lot of money to sign. He said, sure, I'm jumping in. In the NBA, a superstar, why would he sign? You know, yes, he may get hurt. That's always the thing you say, he may get hurt. But NBA free agency is, you know, you're going towards max contracts. You can always get your team to want you later if they want you now. These are the kind of things that go on in basketball where you're like, wow, and there's just so much money. As I speak here today, on Tuesday the 18th, I just saw Harrison Barnes. Remember him? He just turned down his $25 million player option to go free agency. I'm like, Harrison Barnes turned down $25 million? Well, obviously, he's got a better deal out there somewhere else. You know, again, the difference in money. We're talking about 100 plus cap for basketball for 15 players. And less than 200 for NFL for 70 players, including injured reserve and all the ex-practice squad and all that. So again, you see the vast difference in the sports. So let's just make it clear here. The NFL, one, these stars never reach free agency. And if we ever got to a situation where they did, teams could bring them in. Teams could do it. You can go over the cap. Now, the smart teams match cash and cap. Uh, San Francisco with Garoppolo's contract had a huge number the first year on cash. They gave him a huge number the first year on cap. You know, huge number on cash, whatever, he got $40 million bonus, $46, $42 million on cash. 
They made it like $37 million cap. What does that do? That helps their cap number going forward. He's only $20 million this year, less. So, and that segues into this ridiculous argument that, oh my God, if they pay quarterbacks, they can't build a team around them. That is so untrue. You know, again, how you manage your cap is, is up to you. But if teams can get ahead of the cap and start loading cap into year one, they can always have flexibility to get whatever they want, like San Francisco did with that contract, like other teams are doing. I always tell cap managers that ask me advice, throw as much cap as you can into the first year. Forget about trying to steal cap the first year because that will hurt you down the road. So I just think it's all hooey about quarterbacks. And, and you know, well, look, you know, Jared Goff is in the Super Bowl. Well, Jared Goff was in the Super Bowl because of a bad call. And if that bad call didn't happen, Drew Brees with a $30 million cap number instead of a $4 million cap number is in the Super Bowl. So you can't blame it on that. These things are so team interdependent. And listen, of course, Tom Brady, that's all BS about why he makes less than he should to help the team. Anyone can help the team cap-wise. I just talked about it. You take a big salary, you bonus it out, you get a lower cap number. Brady's done that. Roethlisberger's done that. Breeze has done that. Rogers has done that. Favre's done that. Everyone's done that. But take less cash? No one does that. Why would you take less cash? Team can always find cap room to improve the team. But you're telling me the the crafts needed cash? That's BS. Again, I don't get it. These arguments about not being able to build a team, and I just think it's something that maybe. Media helps out GMs. You know, again, so let's look at the other part of that. Can you build up as the players are in their rookie contracts? Yeah, like a Russell Wilson, like a Carson Wentz, build up on the other side. But it should, that is not the same thing as saying you can't build around a quarterback making $30 million. It's not the cash that gets you in trouble, it's the cap. So poorly managed cap, you get a player like Drew Brees, the other, you know, whatever he's making, 25 cash. But it's 35 cap because of all the BS renegotiations and all that they did. That's just gunking up their cap. It has nothing to do with what they're paying the quarterback. It has to do with how they manage their cap. And last point is, speaking of the cap, it has never been easier ever to manage an NFL cap because of this rookie contract situation. Players are mandatory four-year rookie deals, and they're being paid incredibly low relatively to what the cap is. And the average team has about half their roster on rookie contracts. Packers are the most. I was there. I know it. They're always the most. I think they're up around 70% of their team is on rookie contracts. And listen, these aren't financial decisions only. These are players. These are teams deciding we'd rather have younger guys. The league getting younger. Forget about the NFLPA priority, about extending careers with the longer offseason. That's BS. Teams want to go younger in all sports. I mean, look at the NBA. I mean, you got players that are Ben Simmons and all these guys are like 21, 22 years old in their third year. Everyone wants to go young, and that's where we're going. So, yeah, it helps to be able to throw money at at other players when quarterbacks are in the early part of the career, but it's easier than ever to manage a cap. Say you have half your roster on rookie contracts. Just say that. Okay, so you got 30 guys maybe 31, 32, 28, 29, whatever it is, 
And a rookie contract average is a probably, I don't know, through all the seventh rounds, an average is probably 800000 a year. Let's say they're making 800000 a year. Say it's 30 guys. That's $24 million for half your roster. Okay? On $180 million cap, <laughs> think about it. $180 million minus 24 is $156 million for half your roster. You think it's hard to manage that? You think it's hard to pay 30 players $156 million? $5 million average? Come on. <laughs> I mean, I just think that these are ridiculous. You get half your roster on minimum contracts, and then probably there's another 20, 10 to 15 veterans making minimum themselves, not on rookie contracts. So now you're up to 40 players. Say each of those guys is making a million. So now you're up to 40 players making $35 million. So your other 15 players are, are going to make 140 or whatever, $135 million. It's no, There's no logic to it, okay? My point in all of this is NFL players are underpaid. Later on, I'll get into CBA issues about minimum spending, about guaranteed contracts, which again is totally misreported. There's nothing CBA-wise dealing with minimum contracts. I'm sorry, guaranteed contracts. So we'll deal with that later on. But the point is, I'm looking at these NBA situations, expirings. Can they fit this guy in? Can they get another superstar with LeBron and Davis? Can If Kyrie and Kevin go together, can they get a third guy? You know, people turning down 25 million options, people opting in for 30 million. <sighs> Jesus. It's, it's like st- the numbers are just staggering in the NBA. I know it's less players and less games, but... I'm just talking about the teams trying to get better. In the NFL, you can do that, right? If someone wants a dream team, the problem is they either got to trade because these guys don't get to free agency. That's the problem with NFL, that you can't get a dream team unless, again, this is the last example. If you have a, a Carson Wentz that turns down these offers and then he looks over at, you know, who's up for contract in a couple of years, like a Michael Thomas or a Julio Jones – and he looks over at Levy and Bell, and they all sort of get together, and they say, let's all be free agents. But then they got to deal with the franchise tag, which Bell knows so well. And that's a crock. That is a management tool that's powerful. So everyone, you know, I'm looking at the N- N- NBA, and I'm like, oh, my God, what if any of these teams had a franchise tag? <laughs> these players would never be able to leave. And they'd be making, you know, even if they're top five, making $40 million, they're just they're just demarketed. And, and that's the problem. So as I talk about this, I don't think it can ever happen. You know, what if Aaron Rodgers said no? And what if Aaron called, pick a name, Julio Jones and Michael Thomas and said, hey, you guys, you guys say no too. We'll all be free agents together. It really has to come from sort of these, the same team. So if Aaron went to Devontae Adams and said, hey, you turn down their offers, I'll turn down their offers, will be free together, but then they'll franchise one. You know, it's just like you try to make these things about how is this going to happen? And it happens in basketball, and I just, it can't happen in football. But the point of this whole rant is that NFL owners can do whatever they want. The NFL's not a hard cap. It's a soft cap without a tax. It's a yarmulke, okay? So that's my point. That's my rant.
And I'm Andrew Brand. That's my rant. Now, let's hear a final word from Bet Online. We're in the middle of June. NBA Finals have ended. Stanley Cup is now all done. We've got the Blues winning the Cup. And, of course, as I talked about, the Raptors winning the NBA. you still got more left. we got the NBA draft coming up this week. There's going to be odds on that. Go to Bet Online. You can get those odds. One place has you covered. So I guess the odds of Zion being one are going to be pretty low. Uh, but what about two, three, four, and all the way down? And what about how many uh, farm players? Those are the kind of things that can come out of this. And, of course, we got the uh, U.S. women's soccer team. You can go and talk about that. So don't sit on the sidelines. Don't forget to use the promo code PODCAST1. Receive that 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brand. I really appreciate those that give me nice comments. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew Brand and give those Apple Podcast rankings and comments. They're always appreciated. They mean a lot to us. Thanks to my producer extraordinaire, Brian Neal, and we'll be back next week with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Thanks for listening to the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft Podcast, all at rostucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.